Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I am David Hein, flying it solo this week. And uh, as uh, Igor Jerkovic, the regular partner in crime, is uh, busy with other things. Uh, but of course, want to get you a podcast, get you up to date on the latest ongoings in the Champions Basketball Champions League. Uh, the interview we have this week is uh, with a guy who's actually been around the competition the entire time. That is uh, ERA Nimburg head coach, Oren Emil. Uh, he was with Nimburg the first season as the assistant coach and uh, has been since uh, the 17-18 season the head coach. And uh, so I had a nice long chat with him about various things, uh, some uh, some some fun some fun recollections and uh, look forward to um, – I uh, hope you guys look forward to hearing that and enjoy that. Uh, right now on the website, there's uh, Igor's uh, piece on the MVP race, sort of an update after the regular season. Uh, we still actually have a couple of weeks before the, before the, uh, the playoffs start. Those start on March second, so I uh, still have a couple weeks uh, to uh, to look forward to that. Uh, uh, we did have we did have the domestic cups in uh, many of the countries, not all of the countries, but uh, many of the countries played their domestic cups and did have a um, and did have one uh, no two teams that uh, were able to collect a title. Uh, one of them was Nimburg. Uh, they knocked off Colin in the in the in the Czech Cup final, twenty five point win. It's their fifth straight champion, uh, fifth straight cup, and their seventh fifteenth since two thousand four. The domination in the Czech uh, in Czech uh, basketball continues for Nimburg, which we talk about uh, in the interview. Uh, Igokea is the other team that won their domestic cup. They knocked off Spars 77-55 for their uh, sixth uh, Bosnian uh, Bosnia Nets uh, Herzegovina Cup in the last seven years. Uh, otherwise, we had Ike losing to Lavrio in overtime in, in the quarterfinals. Uh, Lavono Tenerife uh, knocked off uh, Herede San Pablo. Burgos uh, in the quarterfinals, 87-76. Of course, that's one of the uh, that's one of the matchups in one of the groups in the playoffs. Those teams also play in the ACB. Um, so uh, Tenerife then lost to Real Madrid in the semifinals by six points. Hapo Holon, uh, really a heartbreaker. They were up by 17 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, against Maccabi and ended up losing an overtime 87-85 in the semifinals. And then we had Pissarro killing the hopes of the Italian teams as they knocked off Dynamo Sassari in the quarterfinals and then knocked off Happy Casa Brindisi in the semis before then losing to Milan in the final. The Turkish Cup was canceled and uh, the German Cup, which uh, will be taking place later on, uh, I believe mid-April, uh, but uh, Broza Bomberg is not in that, uh, did not make it to the uh, top four, final four. So that's, um, those are the the teams that were in cup action over the weekend. Uh, not really much else otherwise to talk about, so let's get into the interview and uh, so you can enjoy that and uh, we will catch you on the other side.
All right. So on the show this week, we have Aaron Amiel, the head coach of Yerry Nimbrook. Uh, coach, thanks for taking some time. No problem. Thanks, All right. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me. All right. So I guess first off, congratulations uh, are in order. Um, probably the minimum goal has been met uh, with you guys reaching the playoffs uh, maybe how does it feel to have uh, to have achieved at least that goal, um, especially looking at that group, uh, which we'll kind of go into later. But uh, how does it feel to have reached the playoffs? Uh, I know our club is not in the highest, uh, doesn't have the highest budget or or things like that, but. Um, Competitiveness-wise, we are always uh, try to reach uh, the advance from the groups. More, most of the time, we are uh, managed to do it, and also this season, uh, after um, uh, fighting with uh, very high-level teams like Dijon and Tofash, and we are uh, we are okay with this, but we are still hungry. <laughs> Be- before we go uh, into this season uh let's just go really quick back to the end of the 2019 season uh with the final eight in athens uh it was a it was a big step for the the league to even finish the season uh you know there were changes with a lot of teams uh some more than others uh and it was probably strange to start the season cycle if you will with such a big game the the quarterfinals against Ike. Uh, but, but what did you think about how the KIP competition decided to conclude the season? First of all, as I understand, this is the only European competition that uh, ends in, in some way. So this is, uh, I give this credit for the Champions League uh, organization. Uh, obviously, it's very different because uh, you had to to come to a peak uh, and be ready in very early in the season, and this is something we, I think, nobody, nobody used to do. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, some some kind of um, uh, motto in our uh, team that we we don't try to. I would say we don't try to take control of what we cannot take control. I mean, so this was the situation. Uh, we just had to do the best we can. Obviously, it was not the same team that reached there uh, the year before, the season before. Uh, but in the end of the day, you know, we we had to be ready. And I thought we were be ready. I was better than us. And okay, that's it. You guys actually had a had a chance to play a few games in the Czech League uh, before the competition, and maybe had a little bit of rhythm. Um, of course, you had new players, uh, and 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 you and you know Nimberg actually had the better start to the game. You guys were up by by eight in the fourth in the first quarter, uh, and then they kind of just pulled away in the third. What? Um, how do you remember that game? What what would you say was the defining, deciding factor in that one? I think in the end of the day, they had much more experienced players uh, than us that know how to deal with these situations. Uh, 
they brought Tyrese Rice only for this tournament. And everybody understand what kind of level Tyrese, you know, kind of player he is. Uh, and like you said, we were a totally new team because we lost three very important Czech players from the season before. And also, um, uh, also, of course, we lost some guys, some of the foreigners, uh, the import guys. So uh, a new team. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of strange because instead of playing best of three, with home court advantage, you go for one game against Ajax in their home, even though, you know, no fans. But end of the day, I think they had the, they have the experience advantage and, and quality, um, you know, to come to come uh, to perform better in this kind of uh, situation. And and then to start the the twenty twenty one BCL season. Probably we'd have to say it was a disappointment. Uh, you guys lost uh, by 24 to, to Dijon. Uh, there was the bad uh, third quarter where you guys just scored nine points. Um, maybe what's the biggest thing your team learned from that game that has helped you? I can tell you this season is very strange for everybody. I mean, you can see results over, all over Europe and even the planet that strange results sometimes because you never know what's going on behind the scenes with every team. Some teams don't, doesn't have the, the opportunity to, to play, to get into a rhythm because their leagues are stopped because of the COVID. Some, some teams have uh, losing some players uh, due to quarantine. Uh, in this, first of all, I don't take away the credit of Dijon playing very good this game. Second, I would tell like this, we were in 14 days quarantine before the game and we just went out, come back to from practice three days before the game uh, with Retino Basso and just joined the team two days before the game. So it's not about excuses, it's about the fact they were better than us. They also, I must be honest, they also played without uh, Holston this game. Um, end of the day was well, they were better. They were better and they played. But I think it was end of when I look forward, we always uh, try to see what to take from this situation and how to improve. And and we have a motto in, in the team. It's in the locker room on a big, big, uh, uh, it's a big like uh, kappa with, uh, with the motto. And we say, no self-pity. We don't have the right to complain and to feel sorry for ourselves in every situation, we try always to take the best out of the situation and, and learn and improve. And I think the reaction of the team after this game was, uh, was great, really, it was great. We, the, week, the week after we, we won in Turkey, and then we go four in a row and we basically... Uh, Secure the the advance uh, one game before the last. So the reaction was good, and this is the life of a team. And it and I I think if you look back, uh, it was a big lesson, and 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 it pays the price. The the fourth win of that was the forty point blowout of Dijon in January, which you know was was probably to a lot of people a surprise. Um, maybe what impressed you most about your team in that game? 
uh, we were we carry some pressure all this week, uh, you know, because certain things. Uh, but I, you know, I think in the end of the day, you need to find a way to push the right buttons before every game and on on who player who uh, who from the players you want to you understand their are your leaders i think we did a very good mental job during this week i didn't expect that to be honest uh, i think dijon is one of the most um, systematic coachable team that we faced um, and it was uh, it was Again, I, I I didn't expect this kind of performance, but I expect to. But I'm I'm always expecting us to play uh, to play high level, uh, high intensity. And you know, I think they lost confidence after the first uh, the first quarter, the way we started the game, and we build up the confidence. Um, so, in the end of the day, that was the most important game for us because after this game. Theoretically, or uh, we basically advanced. Yeah, exactly. The um, the last game was against Tofas, and and um, and and just to be on, and just to say, I mean, the the two games that you guys played with Tofas were just uh, really, really fun basketball games. Both a high tempo, uh, you know, a lot of great shot making, both in the nineties. Uh, the first one went to overtime. Uh, the second game they needed to win and, um, and, uh, you know, really just played a great game. And, you know, you guys stay tight with them, uh, despite 22 turnovers, which is a lot of turnovers, even in a bad, you know, in a, in a bad game. Um, and still you were right in there. Um, maybe, you know, sure it was a loss. Uh, but I'm sure you probably took, you know, maybe something good from that game as well. First of all, we compete, you know, we, we compete uh, even though basically, you know, we advance. Uh, we compete because we want to win every game. This is the mentality of this club. Uh, I thought we we lost the game in the last five minutes when they really were uh, overpowered us uh, physically. Um, and they just you know, they just rip the ball of our hands and uh, make some, you know, good plays in the end. We we did some bad plays in the end and, and they decided the game. But uh, I think after the changes they made, they are one of the best teams right now in the competition. So I, I told the guys, in the end of the day, you need every game you play, uh, you need to go home and look in the mirror and you are the only, when you look in the mirror, you are the only one that knows if you did your best or no. You cannot lie to anybody. It's it's you and, and, and your faith in front of you. So I thought, you know, we fight, uh, we fought, we played hard. And in the end of the game, they, they were better and, and they won. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the rest of of the of this season, the playoffs and the draw, we always like to go back uh, with our interview partners uh, so if I've seen correctly, you're from Perea, which is a suburb of uh, of uh, Tiberias. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not from Perea. I just born there because this is this was the closest hospital. Okay. When I was, <laughs> but I'm I'm from Kibbutz Lavota Bashan. It's right on the border with uh, uh, in the north, uh, right close to the border with Lebanon and Syria. Uh, 
grew up there, born and grew up there. My parents are still there. My wife from the same uh, area, uh, family of my wife from the same area. So basically, most of my life I, w- I was there. There, there's not. Um... Maybe, maybe just uh, for those who don't know, maybe you know, talk about the basketball there. I mean, uh, how and, and and when did basketball find you? Uh, again, grew up in this area. Uh, there is a team, historical team, Apollo uh, Galilelion, uh, which uh, have a big history in the Israeli basketball. Uh, all the best players and the best coaches were. Um, find a way to spend uh, some time there during their careers, including the coaches like Pini Gershon, David Blatt, all the best, the best of the best. And uh, players like Kaspi, Lior Eliao, I mean, high-level players that uh, everybody come young there and develop themselves and then uh, continue their career. So I grew up in this uh, youth program all the way to the A professional team. Um always wanted to coach. I always coach kids before. I I, I think it's uh, it's um, very important that you experience a lot of uh, you know ages and uh, situations. Uh, after retired, I came back to after I retired from from playing. I I came back to coach the uh, the U categories there and become assistant coach coach and. That's it. So you, you, you decided pretty early that you wanted to, to be a coach then? I mean, I, I was played... David Blatt was my coach for seven years in Galil, in Apol Galil Elion. Uh, and I always used to uh, coach kids, uh, you know, a side of, uh, of playing. And I always used to think like a coach also on the court. Like I had this, uh, I don't know if it was like it's, it's, um, you know, it's like inside of you. Uh, and even though I was never uh, one of the best players on the team, I always had an open door to sit with the, with David and, and learn the game and talk about basketball. Uh, obviously, David is my biggest teacher. Um until today, uh, you know, uh, I always used to take notes. I have a small notebook since then. Cool. I used to take notes. And, uh, you know, at some point of my life, it, it, I met this coaching again. And uh, and also I have the privilege to play for great coaches like Pini Gerson, David Blatt, and then work with Nano Ginsburg, which is my kind of mentor right now, and Brad Greenberg, really, really high-level coaches. Assistant coach of Katash. So um, I think I think coaching was uh, was in my mind, even even unconsciously, but it was there all the time. Who? What would you say would, was probably? You know, how did how did you go about finding your coaching philosophy, if you will? Ah. Uh, this is on a, in a nutshell. First of all, I will tell you this. Uh, you know, Winston Churchill once said, he said, uh, to improve is to change. Uh, so to be perfect is to change often. 
So I'm I'm trying to develop myself um, all the time, every day, uh, to get better. Obviously, um, there is some style I like to to play, and I try to recruit my uh, the players according to this style. But I think in the end of the day, you need to be you need to have um, the ability to adjust to any situation uh, with any players and. Uh, uh you know basically first of all give your heart and your soul empty your tank and we take it from there you 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 mentioned um you mentioned a lot of those coaches one of the coaches that you mentioned was was Ginsburg and uh in in 2010 you made the jump from Israel to to Nimburg and and you know it's kind of been a, a haven for Israeli coaches Muli Katsurin was there uh, and he had uh, Ginsburg as his assistant, and then uh, Ginsburg took over uh, and and actually brought you in as his assistant. Uh, maybe how did you get? How did you land that spot with with Rowan then um, back in 2010? We know from before we were coaching against each other. Uh, it's funny. I was uh, coaching second division in Israel, and we were like in good touch. And I once uh, we spoke, and I told him like as kind of a joke. I told him, "Hey, no, no. If when you're gonna get the team, bring, um, bring me with you. Call, call me, call me. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll come." And two years after, he was he, he called me and he says, "You have 48 hours to make a decision." <laughs> <laughs> so I sat with my wife, and we took the and after. Two hours, we already took the decision. So it, it, it's a big, um, it's big for our family. It's really big. And knowing the history of, first of all, all of the success that the club has had, and we'll get to that in a minute, but also, um, you know, some of those guys who, you know, mean a lot to you, um, that they were such a big part of that success, you know, coach, uh, Katsurin and, 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 and Ginsburg in particular then. What did it mean for you to take over as head coach then in 2017 at Nimburg? Um, Muli and Neno really uh, built these foundations of this successful uh, organization. I mean, the, the club was, of course, many years before, but when they started with this um, new era of, of uh, uh, uh you know, playing Euro Cup and, and try to go, uh, try to start to go uh, to win titles here. So Muli came first. He built the foundation. I think, in a way, the change of uh, basketball in Czech Republic, uh, you know, view in a way. Um, and after I was ready. I mean, I felt ready, and I knew, I knew that uh, when Neno will uh, decided to leave, I, I knew I'm, I'm, I'm ready to to take over. Uh, it was easy because the the core of the team is here, and so it's very smoothly to go in. I think the club, uh, the organization, is very sane. Um, decisions takes uh, always in a low pulse, never like in uh, it's never hysteric, you know. So it helps to the coaches and. It's a win-win situation so far because uh, you know it's not it's not only us being successful; it's also the club the club being successful. So I think they're satisfied with us. 
and we are happy to be here. Not only successful, but also a role model. Um, you know, a lot of clubs in, quote, smaller basketball countries kind of see you guys as, as the example of how to do things, you know, grow domestically and then, and then uh, you know, get your experience from European competitions like the BCL. You know, maybe how does it feel to, to kind of be a role model uh, as someone who's been part of the club for such a long time? And, and, and what would you say it is that, that Nimburg does that makes it so successful? Uh, I don't know about uh, role model or, or example. This is other people we need to tell you, but um, uh, I can tell you this. Uh, this club, uh, for the last 15 years, or I mean the 10 years that I'm here, Always, uh, if you take away this, uh, the Czech League out for a second, and we play always Euro Cup before VTB League, ABBA League, and BCL the last five years, we are never uh, favorite in these competitions. Mm. Uh, we always uh, limited with the budget. Uh, and, um, of course, we, we play against much uh, bigger uh, clubs uh, money-wise and history-wise. So it, it's it's uh, require us to really think outside the box every day and every season uh, how we can compete and look in the eyes of these big giants we we play against. And the uh, first thing we try to do when I'm here and and Nano before is to uh, give big weight for the local guys and and let them feel they are the most important thing in this club. So, uh, you know, uh, the reaction is, is, is very important. And the second thing is that we try to recruit uh, players who are uh, very hungry, overachievers, uh, obviously with low money, but with the potential to use this platform um, to move forward and to develop themselves and fulfill their potential. So I think this uh, combination of the core of the local guys that uh, that it's I, I don't think there is a lot of teams in Europe that the core of the guy really are from of, of the domestic players and uh, they carry and they handle the locker room and it's just merge uh, most of the time it's merge. Uh, perfect uh, personalities and uh, cultures because in the end of the day basketball team is like a it's a, it's a social group you know it's, it's people come from different places from different cultures from different different mindsets and i think this club has the the success to put these guys together like like one unit and everybody understands they can win only together um and, and then players come here and develop themselves, and then they go play Euro League or Euro Cup or or, or Champions League uh, in in better money in better club. I mean, uh, more more rich clubs. Uh, so you know, so then other players see that and they says, okay, you know what? Maybe we will go to Nimburg. We develop myself, and it, it, it's like this. It's like a circle. 
And one of the, you know, you mentioned it and, and you know, to, to just put some faces to, you know, to, to what you're talking about, you know, whereas a lot of clubs, they bring in, a, let's say, American veterans or at least guys have been over in Europe for through five years or whatever, especially a team that has aspirations um, internationally. Uh, you guys, you guys are bringing in a lot of uh, players freshly out of college. You know, you look at Kendrick Ray, Shazan Rundell, uh, Deshaun Booker, Zach Hankins, and this year you have uh, uh, Jarek uh, Jarek Harding. Maybe what is the you know, let's say leading characteristic or something around that of an American, a young American in that regard um, that you look for? Because a move from a college game to any professional league. Uh, is a big one. And then to, you know, to come to a club that, uh, you know, like I said, does have aspirations uh, to at least inter- internationally show um, just that, that, you know, that they can compete and, and actually, you know, uh, let's say bother the big boys or whatever, something like that. You know, what do you look for? What maybe is a, one of the leading characteristics, unless you don't want to give any away trade secrets? No, no, there is no secret today. It's not <laughs> like the atom, atom, you know, it's not like the... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just saying. Uh, first of all, it's not only about rookies. I think some some guys are uh, uh, find themselves in Europe for one, two, three years, but don't really find a way. And we sometimes we take these these guys and and uh, give them the opportunity to, you know, to expose and 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 uh, and show what what they can do. Uh, uh, second thing is about recruiting that uh, we try to be very precise on the on the on the player we need uh, according to our style of game um, and we want players to to be great of what they are doing and uh, and and we have characteristics for for every position what is the first three priorities we want from this player in his position. So first, we try to recruit based on that, uh, basketball-wise. But we have another uh, another system we use. We call it 70-30. Uh, and he's basically it measure effort uh, in, and intensity and act- activeness. And we try to see what kind of player we are uh, talking about and what is... Uh, what is his upside uh, and and with this we try to figure out uh, who is who have the 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 hunger uh, you know to use this platform to go further from here uh, I cannot tell you it's hundred percent success of course not you guys are doing okay. You guys are doing okay so far, though. <laughs> no, we're we're doing okay. Yeah, but for we sure. Also have, I mean, if we are, I can tell you, we, you know, it's not like like we don't look for veterans. Yeah, but there's, there's also I money question. The, exactly. First of all, you know, we cannot pay most of the time. We cannot pay to proven players. Uh, we just cannot pay them. That's first of all. Second. I think we have this uh, experience in the local guys. You know, Wojta Wojta Ruben and Peter Benda, for me, it's like I always said, it's like we play with another two foreigners, you know, another two import guys. Mm -hmm. Wojta is, I mean, if I'm 
if I'm a, a coach, whatever, and I can take Voita with me, I take him first because he's like he's really high level player. So we have this experience and this uh, in in the local guys, and and we try to complement this with the fresh guys, young guys that we bring overseas. Uh, and also, we, it's very important for us to mix the nationalities. I think it's good for a team that you you, you mix the nationalities and you don't bring uh, ten Americans on, or, or or ten Spanish or ten uh, Germans. I'm, I'm saying mix the nationalities. It's create it's create good environments. The culture mixed. Um, you know, I see this very important. You mentioned the uh, mixed nationalities, and I wanted to actually ask about one other import that you have had over your time there. Uh, you know, we've we've seen him go on to have a very successful career in Europe. You had uh, Howard St. Rose there uh, two years after he had played second division, I believe, in Italy. Um, you know, yeah. we, we saw what he did at Ike, and you know he's he's gone on to you know to the Euroleague and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but maybe how, what what do you remember? How do you remember your time with with uh, Howard St. Rose? First of all, the credit for Howard is for Nano Ginsburg because he was the head coach when we brought him. Of course, everything we do together, but it, it was his uh, his times, uh, and he brought him here to um, mini tryout. In it was funny story, but uh, we could not try out. Uh, because it was off season, but the national team had some pre 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 camp practices, and he brought him in for uh, two three practices with um, with the national team. Okay, it was like the and he saw him and he called me and he says uh, we have a new player before <laughs> you we even signed him. Yeah, uh, he was like impressed for for the first minute, but and and I think what happened with him that he his our style of playing fast and and give the guys a lot of, um, you know, freedom to show what they can do. Uh, I think how he developed is very, very smart player. Uh, he developed himself to the level he is. Uh, and also him and his agent took good decisions. I think he had the out after the first season and they decided to stay another season. And he, we took him to Israel in the summer to work with him. He, he was there for one month. Uh, and then he, ca- he came back for second great season, and then and then you you could not ignore him anymore. I mean, he, he went to Darushafaka, won the Euro, Euro Cup, Cup title, yeah, yeah, and then Ike and, and then Ike says, and you're league now in Pana." Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is have our have the fans of the of the the league ask questions, and so MJ the Hooper. Asks, what's your secret of being a good coach? Uh, I have no secrets. I just can say that I have uh, two things that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep and, and teach my kids. First of all, like I said before, it's no self pity. Um, I'm never look at myself like as a victim. There is a lot of hard times as being being a coach. Uh, some uh, bad momentums during the during the season, off season, whatever. I'm always uh, dedicated. And this is the second thing. I'm always dedicating myself to what I'm doing, to doing to do it the best. Uh, 
there is no really a secret. Uh, I'm a study of the game. I'm a student of the game. Sorry. I'm keep learning. I'm dedicating myself to this. My kids, you know, I'm coming for a practice. I'm, I'm show up. I'm in the office before practice every day, uh, three hours before practice. And also in early in the morning, we are 8.30 or in the office. And my kids don't ask me anymore, why you need to come so early to the office if you don't have a practice? Yeah. They understand if you want to do something, you got to do it all the way. Yeah. Uh, leave us underscore KYR. What are your impressions of Karafnos and their first appearance in this competition? Oof, uh, first of all, I think uh, it, I don't judge the result because I think in the end of the day, they had uh, um, maybe a roster that uh, was a little bit short for this kind of competition. But uh, Coaching-wise, I can tell you that uh, when we uh, scouted them and we watched them, we saw a team with an with idea, and and they know what they are doing. They know uh, what they want to get in in these certain games. They have a plan. They have a system. So I think if they will have the opportunity to come back and um, have a, a bigger roster, I, th I think they can do well, okay? I'm not here to judge them. I'm just saying my impression from them. Yeah. Uh, a couple people asked uh, in the questions uh, if you are thinking at all about coming back to Israel to coach. It doesn't matter what I'm saying. My wife says, "You, know, I mean, until someone <laughs> kicks us out from here, we're not going to go anywhere. So I'm, I'm, I doesn't have any say here. Okay. Um, H. Dalt 7, um, who... This is Aiden Dalton. <laughs> uh, explain to me. Okay. He says, can you, can you still make a corner three at a high percentage? Always, always. I, I, <laughs> I saw the first uh, couple of games, don't, he doesn't make his trees, so I said I don't want to take his confidence back <laughs> into showing that I'm better shooter, so... I stopped for uh, for a month, but we'll come back today on practice. We'll come back for this. Okay. Uh, one of Dalton's teammates, uh, you mentioned it before, is, is uh, Vucharuban. Uh, you know, he's quietly doing things at really a near superstar level. Uh, you know, and obviously there was the huge success of Czech Republic at the at the FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019 in China. What can you say about and he and he had a play may a big role in that. What can you say about what he's done for both Czech basketball and as the leading scorer in the history of the competition, the BCL? Uh, Vojta is a unique player for me because he got basically all the tools. If he were probably born in Serbia mm. uh, or Spain, he he was probably. Uh, a Euroleague player right now. This is uh, for me no brainer. I think is uh, the the main thing with Voita that I'm very impressed is that he's keep learning. You know, when when um, I think three years ago he was uh, more of a three and D players and he become more a player of can handle the ball, can create more, can. Uh, can live okay with his mistakes. He's going to the line more. He's rebounding more. I think it's it's you know in the age of 31 to keep learning. This is say something about you. And and he's a big model for uh, for uh, the kids here. Uh, also very very humble guy. Um, 
you know, he's the captain. Yeah. Um, you've, you've been in this competition, the BCL since the very beginning, the first season as the, as the assistant coach, you know, we're in our fifth season now. What do you think about the development of the basketball champions league? It's uh, tremendously like, seriously, it's, I think uh, when I saw the groups now, before the draw, the, the, the combinations, uh, I said, you know, this is really high level. I mean, if you take aside the EuroLeague, uh, the, the top 10 teams in the EuroLeague, I think what I think if you look at the groups right now, um, they asked me, what do you think about your group? I said, what can I think? If I look right or left, it's going to be the same, like same level. So, I mean, it's really, really high level. I, I know we made uh, someone in Israel, there is a community of basketball in the Facebook and someone made some uh, research and they measure, they saw the, they ranked the teams from Champions League, from Basketball Champions League, comparing to Euro Cup teams in their domestic competitions. And they find out that the, most of the team in Champions League most of them ranking way up above the, the teams from the uh, from Euro Cup in the domestic leagues. Like Sassari Brindisi, they are second and, and third in Italy, you know. Uh, and then Burgos and Tenerife in Spain as well. Yeah, and you see Calciaca, Turk Telecom, Tofas, they are all yeah. in the after the Euro League teams. Yeah, yeah. So I think this competition become, uh, become uh, second to Euro League right now. Uh, with very, very high-level teams, high-level uh, players. Uh, reputation goes up. Uh, you can even see most of the teams that came from EuroCup to Champions League this season. Um, I'm not sure how, how many of them uh, went advanced to the second round. I know Tofas did, but I'm not sure about the others. I'll just show you the, the level here. Uh, so for sure, the teams that went to top sixteen they are high level teams. Um, as a as a as someone who um, as a as a club who's you know building up uh, you know as as say a, a you know a lower level country you know not lower level because that's not really necessarily fair but just as a team that's growing up. You know, there's also in in big competitions there's also heartache and. You know, this club has actually had a pretty, pretty big dose of, of heartache. Um, yep. If you, especially if you look at the first two seasons, you know, you had, you guys came back from the really big first game deficit uh, to, uh, against Asari and, and then, you know, lost at the end by one point in the, in the two, two, uh, two game aggregate. And then there was the, the, the Kevin Punter, I think, right? So I'm sure you have it right yeah. in front of your eyes, uh, hitting the, the, the three to send them on to, um, to the, uh, to the round, to the quarterfinals. Both of those were round of 16 ties. Um, how do you remember those competitions? Obviously, we, we saw, you know, last, you know, at the end of the, you know, in the final eight, you know, it was a pretty, you know, at the end, it, it was more clear, you know, and, uh, but you know, going back and remembering those, uh, you know, how how do you recall those 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 uh, those matchups that really have to probably hurt still to this day? Um, I would not say to this day because I think uh, if, if I'm I like to be uh, realistic, you know, it's it's in the end of the day, it's it's. Uh, it's 
on the basketball. Uh, you know, again, it's coming back to 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 these moments. Uh, it, it first of all, the first one I was assistant coach. The second one I was a head coach. Uh, it hurts at the same time. It hurts, but but also. I, you know, it's always give you a, a opportunity to to climb back from lowest, you know, from the lowest uh, situation and um, good lessons for life. You know, I I always uh, they ask me about my second season as a coach, which was the the only season that we didn't advance from the, group, from the right? groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best season the best lesson I can have as a coach since I'm uh, working as a um, function as a head coach because I learned from so much from this season the way we do things on the summer the, as a head coach the what I need to take care of how to recruit how to improve the recruit uh, our recruitment uh, so it's pay off so good. So the next season was the best season of the club and for so many years. So you can find the best, the, the, the goods in, in every situation uh, during the season, off season, individual, as a team. Uh, you know, we did so many mistakes in that game against Ike in the end. So, you know, great players take advantage of this and that's what they do. But... Uh, I, you know, I still didn't see the game until this day. Okay. You <laughs> never watched it again? <laughs> never watched the game. Uh, no, <laughs> just couldn't. Yeah. Let's move forward uh, to finish off. Uh, we have the draw now for the playoffs. Um, and you're in Group L, and you look at Bumber- Rosa Bamberg from Germany. Uh, they went to 6 and 0. Uh, Dynamo Sassari, and then you also have Casa de Monte Saragossa. Um, Saragossa obviously has been able to pr- prevail in some in a lot of close games. Maybe just your thoughts about the draw um, and uh, that matchup of 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 uh, uh, six games and uh, with those three teams. Uh, actually, until now we had a couple weeks last week, so I I didn't have really time to really go deep into this. Uh, of course, we follow in general. We follow everybody, and uh, what Bamberg did it's it's amazing. It's a club with big history, um, and and they they did amazing job in the groups. Um, three three four days ago they beat Alba, so what to say anymore? You know. Um, uh, Sassari also have a big history. Um, um, very high-level coach was a high-level player. Uh, Give him a big advantage, in my opinion, is uh, the way he sees the game and, uh, and the, the uniqueness he has. Uh, and Zaragoza, you know, ACB, maybe the best league in, in Europe. So, tough group, tough group. Um like other groups, I cannot. I, I think uh, Sasser, my opinion that Sassari have uh, their favorite in this group, and I believe the others will. Everybody have a chance. All right, I will leave it with that. Um, can I? Can I sure. say something? Just of yeah. course. I just want to express something that uh, 
because of this strange season that's going on and you know uh, a lot of changes situations but the most important thing that we it, it's so tough to play without uh people in the in the stands you know with both spectators and fans and i'm reaching out for our fans and i'm telling them that we are miss them we are waiting for them and we will try to fight hard for them uh, because we we really miss them the atmosphere they gave us last season in uh, Prague when we play a Champions League game was like uh, priceless and uh, we will never forget it and I hope at some point we will have the opportunity to to have this fun again together with them that's it fantastic wonderfully said and it's really uh, felt by everybody uh, you know uh, neutral observers like myself uh, and the fans themselves who want to see who want to watch you guys and, and obviously the players and coaches it's it's much it's much more fun and it's just uh, so much more uh, uh, valuable and, and uh, meaningful to play games uh, in front of fans and and have all of the passion for the game that we all love um, coach Aaron uh, Amiel thank you very much for your time uh, congratulations also on the on the next cup uh, uh, defended that that title as well and uh, good luck then in the in the playoffs it was my pleasure and good luck for everybody all right uh, yeah I mean uh, anytime you you get to hear stories about Howard St. Roos who's obviously had so much um, who who you know we saw so much in uh, with Ike and you know did great things with them and uh, the stories with with David Blad and and it's it's interesting that Nimburg have have really uh, become kind of like a haven for the Israeli coaches uh, sort of the Israeli coaching tree um, with with first uh, Katsurina and then Ginsburg and now uh, Amil so um, yeah. That's uh, it for the show this week. If you want to follow us on social media, you can check us out on, twi- on Twitter and Instagram at, at BasketballCL. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast as well on all of your podcast catchers. There's the mobile app. The website is championsleague.basketball. You can email us at info at championsleague.basketball. And all of the games are live and on demand on live basketball TV, starting then again, obviously, on March 2nd. Uh, as uh, this week shows, we uh, we will have a podcast for you next week as well. So until then, uh, take care and uh, enjoy the national team windows. Next week, we'll we'll talk, uh, catch up on, on what some of the, uh, the leading players in their national teams did as far as uh, FIBA national team breaks. So talk to you next week. Thank <laughs> you.